Yeah, welcome to episode two, which I called, um, I had a really good name for it, I just. For episode one? For episode two. I don't know uh, what I called episode, I don't know what we call episode one. I think, uh, yeah. Um, Love, sex, and, um, and Captain Marvel. <laughs> I would have did love, peen, and robots. Love, peen, and robots. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Well, um, games that changed our lives. Episode two, welcome. Um, and we're officially named too. Uh, thanks to Royama. We are now officially called um, Nerd Light Archive. Hey. Which, spectacular name. I am. Um, I don't know. I just like it. There's something about it. So you, uh, yeah, man, go ahead and introduce yourselves. You know, you, you know, we usually do, uh, say your name. Yep. Lord Lucara. Royama. So welcome to episode two of Nerd Light Archive. Today we're going to talk about epic games that changed our lives. And I can't say epic games in the title because then, like, people are yeah. like, oh, you're talking about Fortnite. Yeah. And then it's, they'll be really, they'll be like super disappointed that like they're they're talking about Chrono Trigger. So that's not <laughs> Fortnite. Yeah. Epic games. You were, I mean, you're good games. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like your title stole it. It's a little pretentious. <laughs> your, your games are not that epic. Super gauche of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm talking about Chrono Trigger. Yeah, that's um that's the one from my childhood. Man, when I when I first found SNES emulator and I got a hold of Chrono Trigger. Or yeah, Chrono Trigger. I played the hell out of that game. Alright, so check it out, man. Fun story. Alright. When I discovered emulation, it was the year of our Lord nineteen ninety seven. All right. So so in the late 1900s, I discovered emulation and and it wasn't like good emulation either. It was like it was like the um, like SNES 97 something. It was like this emulator that had just come out like that year. And so it was trash. It, it was the trash. It wasn't like a, it wasn't like ZSNES or anything like that. Oh, yeah. And it was and I was playing it on a machine that was. Uh, Windows 95. So I'm it is so this like terribly old machine, this terribly old um well it wasn't that old. I mean it was Windows 95 and 97, so like or 98 or something like that. But so, you could count the memory in megabytes. Yeah, and like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, I would the way I would get my ROMs was that like I had a friend at school who would some he he had a very reliable internet connection because I was on a I was on dial up and I couldn't use it all the time. So I kind of relied on him. He would just bring me floppy disks. And when <laughs> I got Chrono Trigger, sir, I played that game at less than half speed for the entirety <laughs> of the game. All right. 
I played that game missing key elements of the graphics because I could not render them all. <laughs> I could I couldn't render all the layers. Um, it was all bad. I uh, but I did have a lot of fun. It, that game was a lot of fun, and it it changed the way I thought of, like how stories could be told. Because yeah. it was told in four dimensions. Oh, yeah. Like, by far, one of the first just epic stories coming yeah. out of games. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful, and it transcended time, literally. <laughs> it, was, it was spectacular. And the, the whole, I don't know, the combat that actually involved, like, People working together to do moves together, like oh, the yeah. battle system, was just kind of revolutionary. And I know, like you've got Sword of Mana, where, but like you know, honestly, you you go back and play Sword of Mana, and it's it's rough. Like, even yeah. remastered is rough. Yeah, dude, they should have changed some of that, any of that, <laughs> all of that. The 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 hitboxes are what. What what even are the hitboxes, bro? Are they triangles? <laughs> what is, what, no. it, you, it was you have to be exactly in the right spot to strike an enemy. Oh yeah. And uh, then and then after you hit them, they immediately go invincible. I made it pretty far. Uh, because it's two players and I played it with my wife. Yeah. And we we made it pretty far. We didn't beat it though. Uh, not because the mechanics were bad, but because I don't know. You know, how you get you get close to the end of something, and then you just kind of like lose interest. Oh, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it happens. Um, what was it? Um, uh, actually, me and my wife bought one of those little mini SNES emulator boxes. Yeah, yeah, the the SNES Classic. Yes. So, yeah. Um, and we actually, I went on and grabbed a whole bunch of ROMs and I mean, honestly, like, you know, kudos to Nintendo for actually making it hackable. I mean, they want people to hack it. There's no way they didn't want people to go out and grab a bunch of ROMs and load it on it. Yeah. The memory card was oversized. The ability to just like throw a bunch of ROMs in there and their native player recognize multiple different ROMs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and the transfer protocol they have set up to transfer ROMs onto it is just all so easy. I mean, yeah. Like, heck yeah. They definitely wanted you to go out and find all their classic games. Um, yeah. But I, they, do that with a, I do that with a Raspberry Pi. I got a Raspberry Pi and I just have some. I just have RetroArch on it. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I have a bunch of ROMs on it that I don't legally own. <laughs> what I am saying is that I have some backups of some games that I definitely own. Right. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that. <laughs> that you may or may not have used a legitimate cartridge ripper to make. But you... Honestly, you didn't because those things were crazy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But yeah, no, it's it's great because yeah, we've got it hooked up to our TV. We haven't played in a while. 
Um, definitely should go back to playing it, but yeah, we were playing Sword of Mana on it, but it it's a little rough. Yeah, I played it on. I played the remake. We have that on PS4, and this yeah, they they should have changed some things, and they did they did patch it, and they made the UI a little easier to traverse, but like they didn't. I I don't know, man. It's been a while, it's been a while since I've fired it up, so I don't know if they fixed the hitbox thing. Yeah. So yeah. Honestly, like not not one of the epic games in my childhood. Now there was um what was it? There was a CD we got at like Sam's or something, and it was called a hundred and one games or a thousand and one games. Um like the old Atari joints? No, it, what it was is it was back in the heyday of freeware and this company took all the freeware games and all the demo games and packaged them onto one CD. And you oh. could take that CD and load it onto your computer. Now like when they say a thousand and one, there was maybe five good games on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and a hell of a lot of demos of potentially really good games like Halloween Harry. Um but the biggest one to me was um that's how I first played XCOM Terror from the Deep. Ah um, opened my eyes to squad based games. Ah so that's how you got into XCOM. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was one of the first games I really played. And I remember the game was really rough. You could start a base, and then you could um, you could fly one mission with it, and then you could equip the squad. Well, I don't know. No, the demo just started you on the ground, and you had a squad of eight people, and you could attack one alien sub. And then when you finished that mission, it was over. And it wasn't until years later that I managed to find a playable version of that game. Mm. I bet you had to uh, jump through all kinds of hoops to get that thing to play. Yeah, you had to run a um, like a DOS box. Well, it was before DOS box. There was an application that would tone down your processor, hmm. and so you would run it. And it would reduce your processor's speed because the game speed was off the processor clock. And so if you booted it up without that, it would just like fly by. <laughs> and you couldn't slow it down at all. Um, you'd lose the game instantly. Um, hmm. That's unfortunate, bro. Yeah. That, then, you know, I mean, Steam, they, fix, they fixed that. I mean, since. Oh yeah, Steam actually has a version on it that um that is patched with the the fix that I think they actually went into the base code and took it off the processor clock and and just made the clock a normal human clock, um, so it's it's totally playable now. But that story of like, and actually it was one of the first really good horror games too. Because you were just like deep underwater, and you'd be walking along, and every time you switch to turns, it flashed this message and it'd say, "Your crew is 
heard a noise and then you'd hear footsteps and then like you'd walk along and suddenly you'd walk into an area and like six bullets would come and just shoot you and you'd die <laughs> and then like the three guys around the person that just died would start to panic and they would shoot each other and throw down their weapons and run off. That's the okay. That's the one thing I dislike about XCOM. You you have to be willing to fly with yeah. Your people are gonna run off. His his thing, man, that I don't like about XCOM. The the one thing I hate is the panic feature. If yeah. I am panicking, I'm not gonna turn to my homie and be like, "Hey, man, take these take these hits," and then just shoot them. I'm not going to do that. That's not realistic <laughs> application of panic, bro. Like, I'm not just going to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, my heart is beating real fast and I've got a lot of adrenaline. I guess I should headshot my homies. Like, that's like, not, this guy's got my back. Let me shoot him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the original game was a lot worse. The newer games, they toned it down a bit. And you have greater chance of like shooting an alien if they're in sight. Mm-hmm. But the concept I'm thinking was supposed to be like you just hear a noise and you freak out and turn and shoot it. Ah, okay, okay, uh, okay, okay. So like, well, yeah, that uh, in the newer the ones, top, they, you know, in the newer ones, they they hunker down a lot more than yeah. than than anything. They're more inclined to drop their weapons and run or shoot at a random alien. Yeah. But yeah, the old one, they would just gun down their teammates every time. Like once you started panicking, first guy would panic, kill the next guy. And then the guy who saw the two people drop dead and the other guy panicking would panic. And then the one last guy you had left would get mind controlled and just screwed. Yeah, it just sounds like a game. I don't know if I want to play that. that. It was rough. Like you saved a lot and like iron iron man was not an option like it was brutal you would save after every turn on the condition that like no one died that turn and no one saying that turn yeah 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 well i mean i saved scum now so you know yeah yeah i mean if if i want to be brutally honest i save scum on on xcom games yeah, yeah. I, well, and that's part of the traditional charm of them. <laughs> just like I, if you don't read, decide combat repeatedly, then I don't think I could. I don't even think I could think of a of an RTS game as a horror game, though. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't think I could. They, yeah. you got to be, you got to be something like it's got to be something like the the games that really scared me as a kid were like Silent Hill. Uh, Parasite Eve, you know things like that. And then later, when I was when I grew up, Dead Space. So. Yeah, and I want to play Dead Space because I think from what I played of Dead Space Two, and I was telling you this, I just it's hard for me to play it without having played Dead Space One because I feel like I'm missing out on stuff. But I just need to give in and play it. I mean, I mean it's. It's out there. It's not like it, it still costs sixty dollars or anything, you know. It's true, but I'm I'm very much a cheapskate when it comes to that stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. It's 
$60, might as well be like 600 you know. It's it's 19 You might as well just not even worry about it. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. It's like that, yeah. I mean, come on, Dead Space. But that game was, bro, I'm telling you, bro. That game hit you like it. It's gonna scare you, man. I played it. I remember I bought a I bought a a laptop, um, just to play that game. I bought a laptop just to play that game, and I brought it back to my to my dorm. I lived in a in barracks back then, and I brought it back to my room, and my roommate was out. I turned the lights down, and I'm just in the <laughs> dark. I'm just in the dark. I got my mouse and keyboard, and uh, and I just couldn't trust anything. The music was on point. The lighting was on point. The graphics were amazing for back then, and it, and man, you you just couldn't trust anything. I like a bump in the in the floor was a full blown alien ready to rip your head off, man. And they did not like pull punches. If it got to you and you like didn't get it off fast enough, they would just eat your body. Like it was, oh, it was all bad, man. The jump scares were were timed like perfect. So, I mean, it was, it was crazy, man. Yeah. Now, did it have a good story as well, though? Oh, man. Yeah. Story was great. Let me tell you about that story. Okay. That story, that story was, what do they call it? Murphy's Law? That story was mm-hmm. basically Murphy's Law. Because it's like you <laughs> get there, you, like you get there, and you're looking for the crew, like, I think I think the way it shows up is like you have like you're on a ship like this little ship and you're responding to a distress signal for like a big like a big ship mm-hmm. or something. and then when you guys get off your shuttle um you got you kind of like investigating the area you see all these dead people stuff like this all dark and all jacked up uh there's there's parts of the hull that are like exposing the interior to space and just it's it's all bad and like um, everything just goes to shit. Like it, it just like, <laughs> like piece by piece, like dominoes falling. Like yeah, you you get separated from your teammates, and and then like you just see a you see like one or two of them die, and then they. I mean, it's all bad, bro. Uh, and then it makes you feel alone without leaving you alone, and that and that like creates that suspense that keeps you like on edge the whole time man it was good it was good bro yeah i definitely want to want to play i mean i definitely want to play it now but like (laughs) i've been wanting to play it but like yeah i i heard a lot of talk about it yes i was like man that's uh that's tempting like um like i remember you you said you liked you like Bioshock, and I couldn't get into that. See, and, and you know, that, that brought up the discussion of, like, like engaging living worlds versus just, like, dead worlds. And Bioshock, yeah. like, I understand, like, there is a lack of interaction, but the suspense they drive up in that game is spectacular. And the story, the story behind Bioshock is just very twisted i don't see, see that's that's why i have to dis- disagree with you man like i played a little bit and i have no clue how you were how the what do they call though what do they call the recordings 
recordings. They just call them recordings. Yeah, I, think I, I don't so. see. Yeah, I don't see how listening to these recordings is helping you drive the story. Like uh, it's it's cool. Like I see how some people can get it. Like you know, feel suspense after that. But to me, what it felt like was like this stuff has already happened. It's not happening now. I missed all the fun. So. I, I just could not drive myself to be interested. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, you miss like the big epic part of it happening, but now you're in like kind of the cleanup part where like you still have to get through the city. And it's kind of like teasers of, of what still exists out there. So, mm. I, you know, I don't know. Like, how long did you say, like, five hours? I think I played, like, two or three, like, two or three hours, I think. I, I definitely made it to the first boss and, and got past him. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is enough time to, to really, like, yeah, give the game a good solid try. So I, I wouldn't say that, like, you just didn't give it long enough. But it, it was a good story. It gets better. It does get better. Did you ever play two? It, yes, actually, I did play two. Um, I didn't like that either. I couldn't. I mean, it was better because there were at least living things that that I came across within the first like couple of hours. But, uh, but like, it's not like they were helping to drive the story that much. I mean, a silent. Uh, shining, ha- I mean, you know, shining twin or whatever. That's not going to help me. She's not saying. She's not really saying a whole lot. She's not really adding to anything. It's just not, mm, you know. Yeah, well, and it is. It is. I, I guess they did lean heavily on the fact that you played the first game and you were into the whole story going on, mm-hmm. um, and so like. If you take the momentum from the first game and the story and background from the first game, it really does carry into the second game. And I would not recommend playing Bioshock 2 without Bioshock 1. See, and that's what that's what I was telling you, man. Bioshock 1 is a dead world. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't get with that. I'm I cannot I cannot play through a dead world. Yeah. Um I'll give it a shot, but I'm not guaranteed to succeed. And that's why I left Fallout 76 alone. And that's why I enjoyed Bioshock Infinite so much more than the others. I actually made it all the way to the end of Bioshock Infinite, beat it. Story was great. Story was great. All right. Mm -hmm. There were many people to interact with. Open sky, bright colors. All right. The world was alive and began to die around you. And you drove the story. You and your teammate drove the story. You weren't some spectator that came in like 20 years later or something or something crazy like that. Even in dead space where everything is going bad. Right. Part of that story is still happening and you are still in it. And you drive uh, part of what's going on. Like what you're doing is the cleanup. 
Like you, you're the, you're the crew that comes to help out. Yeah. The rescue ship. Right. So you are driving the story. You're not right. some bystander that just shows up and it's like, Oh, look at all these, look at all these dead people uh, that just came through. I don't yeah, know you're, yeah. Like you're, you're not, not walking into an ancient Mayan pyramid. Yeah. You are, like you are actually you're trying to get off the ship. Yeah. Like there's a hard yeah timer on you and there's still hope. Yeah. Bioshock, there is no hope. Like you were yeah. just trying to get your butt out of hell because you've fallen into hell somehow. But yeah. it, on that point, yeah, Infinite was on point. It um, it was not as well received, I don't think, by um, the hardcore guys. Yeah, because it was not your traditional Bioshock. It was story. different, man. It was but, different. It was beautiful, and the story was well told that it did tell. It just, I don't know if it fit into that genre. I feel like they almost could have almost been something else, except that it did have the same universe, so to speak, and the same characters. Well, it had a lot of the same elements, too, because think about it. All right, so, so in the first two Bioshocks, you have where the recordings drive the story. They brought that over into Bioshock Infinite, except this time I could get into it because the people that were speaking in the recordings were still alive. A lot of them were still alive. And mm-hmm. so, and so, like, you're listening to these recordings and you're like, oh, snap. Like, I might run into this person at some point. I might have to put this person down, you know? Well, in, in Bioshock 1's defense, you did have to put down several people from the recordings. Yeah, okay. Well, so man, like, I, just, I didn't play that far, I don't think. That, that first boss was the, the plastic surgeon. Oh. And so you're listening to him as he's starting to lose his mind. So, like, he's got that one girl that comes in for surgery and, like, he agrees to the surgery in the next recording. He's like in the operating theater and the nurse is trying to stop him. And then like, there's a couple more recordings where he's just like totally lost it. And then you walk into his domain and then you hear him cackling over the loudspeaker and it's the same voice. And you know that the crazy surgeon is there. I mean, you know, It just, it was lacking people other than zombie-esque people and the bosses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Bioshock Infinite had a, a society. Mm-hmm. And it had, and it had, it had like these, this culture that was built, uh, you know, this culture that was built on future technology, kind of. Like, yeah. When you, it's, it's, it takes place in what, like the 1920s. And when you get like, as soon as you get into town, you hear the carnival music and it's material girl by Madonna. (laughs) And like that immediate, like, is that, is that carnival? Is that carnival music? Like, I'm like, no, what? So yeah. You like, is that really what I'm hearing? And then, yeah. Yeah, so it's it'll it'll get you, dude. Like it's you, it's got it gaslights you basically, mm-hmm. kind of makes you feel like 
you know, am I going crazy? Am I, am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? No, I mean, like, it gives you that feeling that you're walking into this sect that turned their back on the world, which is exactly what it is. I mean, you're basically joining a cult. No, well, it's not, it's not even just that, though. It's the fact that it's, it's, it gives you this kind of dissonance. Like, you know, Madonna wasn't alive in the 1920s. Right. You know what I mean? Why well, is why is this why is this song playing here? Why is uh you know why is it that when I go to like when I get off my floating ship, there's another floating ship with a barbershop quartet singing God only knows. Yeah. Like yeah, so like Well like why, you're yeah. you're entering like yeah, a vortex or an alternate dimension as the story may actually be. Um if if I'm ruining this game for anyone, my gosh, why have you not played Bioshock Infinite already? But yeah, yeah, like, yeah. spoilers, it, bro. <laughs> but spoilers. yeah, it, you're stepping into an alternate dimension, so uh, yeah, anything's possible. Yeah, well, spoilers for anybody who hasn't um, played this game, but they're they're literally hearing music from the future and using it. Um, and that's the, that's the explanation for that. And I thought that that was a good, like, that was vindication. It made me feel like not crazy. When yeah. I when I heard that, I was just like, oh, okay. That was Madonna, you know? Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. No, I definitely want to go back and play it now. You're getting me hyped about it. Bioshock and, Infinite? Yeah. But yeah, but I, I mean, they, I think... they were, they were tapping into all like other dimensions and things like that from yeah. Bioshock Infinite. I think I want to play the whole story, and I think I want to put Bioshock Infinite before Bioshock, since it is technically the prequel. And I think that might get me more into what's going on in Bioshock, to to know that I'm in the after effect. Yeah. Well, maybe if I do that, I, I maybe I can actually get into it. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. If they, if they remaster it, I might give it another shot. If they yeah. have it remastered. It is I'm, remastered. I might give it another shot. Spectacularly remastered. I wish they would do two. Um, yeah. Speaking of games they need to remaster, Mass Effect. The first one? Yes. Oh. And, and is, that, is, that, <laughs> is it that bad? When I say remastered, the graphics are are rough. Uh, they were great at the time, but they are very rough. They were now. amazing at the time, <laughs> sir. They were amazing at the time. They were absolute. I thought that I was playing a movie. Okay, I felt like I was in a movie. Um, my mom thought I was watching a movie. <laughs> That's great. For Eighty hours. Yeah. So, yeah. No, like at the time, I remember it came out, and it was just like. Everyone was floored by how beautiful it was. It had a film then, grain, bro. Yeah, but then like the story was spectacular. And yeah, the well, interactions you could have with the characters, how you built alignment and stuff was so well, but the mechanics were a little wonky. Uh, not uh, not too bad. I'll tell like, you, okay, the only mechanics I really didn't like was the rover yeah i hated that rover 
And I still hate that rover. And that, and that, that rover keeps me from replaying one. That was a pain in the rear. And that's why they totally ditched it in two. They're like, we know what you wanted, and we are answering your call, and it's gone. Oh, Oh, oh no! They didn't totally ditch it. Now let's be real. They 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 brought it back, well, but they, it wasn't a rover. It was a um, it was something else. I don't remember the name of the vehicle. You into. just landed on planets. You no, no, a- no. Uh, in so basically, hold on. Let me see. Mass Effect. Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, because so the vehicle name in Mass Effect Two was an M forty four Hammerhead, right? It kind of looked like a shark, right? Um, it was just a a plane or like a, a rocket ship to take them down. No, 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 no. That's the shuttle. No, no, no. That's the shuttle. This replaced okay. the rover itself, and you could only and you could only drive it if you bought like DLC for it. So there's oh. a whole like DLC. There's like there were like whole DLC missions for it, and you. It was like the rover, but it wasn't like the rover. Like the rover was what like a six wheel vehicle uh, with jump jets. This was a a vehicle with no wheels. It hovered as a hover vehicle, and in order to get it to to you know be able to hover and things like that. What do they do? They remove a lot of armor. So basically, it has the same amount of hit points as a roll of tissue. Um, <laughs> and so, like, if you take any direct hits, you you pretty much you're pretty much gone. But it was much faster than the rover, and it had much more freedom of movement than the rover. Mm-hmm. And the mechanics were just way better. And so, you know, you just had to stay mobile. I mean, you yeah. could you could strafe with it and everything. Well, I mean, if you're going to get rid of clipping, why not get rid of wheels and contact with surfaces? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. My gosh. It was, it was quite good, sir. Um, It was okay. I never played the DLC, so I never played with the. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Blasphemy, sir. The DLC. Oh, bro. Oh my. Oh my God, bro. Okay. So. Mass Effect 2 is the best Mass Effect. All right. That is undeniable. That is uncontested. Mass Effect 2 was the best Mass Effect. Mass Effect 2 DLC was the best Mass Effect DLC. Hands down. No, there's no, there's no discussing this. There is, a, there is DLC to bring Liara back. So you get Liara in, in Mass Effect 2 to, as like, a temporary party member and she has an entire quest line that is so epic and beautiful that it it ruined me for DLC. I did not expect any DLC to be on this level of production and they ruined like I have <laughs> never seen the like since. Like I've never seen DLC as good as Liara's DLC. Period. Yeah. Ever. Well, that was, that was back when DLC was unexpected and companies actually had to produce when they were putting out DLC. Yeah. yeah. Like no, nowadays, it's like, oh, yeah, there's going to be a season worth of DLC. In fact, we're promising four different DLCs in a year. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we pay for it all up front. 
And then you get like the first DLC and it's like a skin for your gun. <laughs> what the yeah, heck is Borderlands. It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Borderlands is like 500 pieces of DLC and it's all like, uh, it's all like heads and skins and uh, guns now, and things like that. Borderlands. But it's okay. Fun, funnest story by far. Definitely, um, definitely the first time I've really enjoyed a co-op first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh way- well, I enjoyed I enjoyed Army of Two, like a lot. Like I had a homie, and we would play uh, Army of Two, and it was a lot of fun. See, I I never heard of that one. Army of Two, mm-hmm. you're like these. You're these mercenaries, these kind of mercs. Uh, there's a big one and there's a little guy. And, <laughs> and like, they just go around taking out these, you know, they just go around doing all these clandestine military operations in these, like, random countries and stuff like that. And they get paid to do that. And so, but it, there's a lot of, like, binary co-op stuff. Hmm. Where it's like, you know, if your if your partner goes down, you run over to him, you grab him, you can drag him, you know, to a safe spot and then patch him up. Um, that was the first game I had ever seen that would do that. That were, you know, you oh. could you could signal to each other. Oh, aggro. They had aggro. You could oh. uh, make your gun. You can customize your gun to make it bigger and louder so that hmm. when you shot that gun, uh, the the enemies would pay more attention to you. Your aggro meter would go up, and you would start glowing red. Oh, that's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, to to signify like how much like aggro. You had. <laughs> yeah, and then your partner by uh, your partner as a result would start to like glow blue or become like a muted blue color. Oh, so and they then, know. So that so they would know that they have the they've lost the attention of the others, and it would make them more stealthy. So like one of you could. One of you could, you know, straight up have like just the loudest, loudest, biggest hidden, hardest hitting gun. And then the other one can just like stealth it out, silencers, things like that. Just run behind enemy lines and like just murk them behind it. Oh, it was so good, man. And then they released that sequel and they trashed it. Hmm. They ruined it. So what was the um, what was the one on Xbox that was the two man group? Um, uh, I think it was something like Binary Domain or something. Not Binary Domain. No, I forgot that one. It was the, um, it was a big release on on maybe Xbox when it first came out. Hmm, I don't know, man. Those are the ones I, those are the ones I paid attention to. Yeah. Because uh, I like that whole buddy cop deal. Yeah. No, I am. Um, I liked Mass Effect. And um, oh, what was the other one? First person shooting brought to like an RPG standard I could get on board with. Oh, with like Borderlands? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Borderlands and, uh, and Mass Effect, when they, when they brought like leveling and skills and things like that mm-hmm. to first person shooters, that's when I started. Loving first-person shooters. Yes. Yeah. Because before then, it was just like, ah. Like, what am I doing this for? Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. I can have stats that I never look at. Yeah, the original Medal of Honor. It 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 wasn't that great. You know what I mean? Like, Medal of Honor wasn't that 
Well, Medal of Honor was okay, but it wasn't like it wasn't that great. Mm-mm. No. But Borderlands, yeah, man, Borderlands really Borderlands. broke the mold, dude. Like they, they had that. They introduced that system with like the guns. Like the guns are randomly generated with like different parts, and like based on the different parts that the guns get, they get different abilities. Man, oh, by the way, Borderlands Three just dropped a trailer. Really, and one of the guns has legs. That's legs. I'm sold, bruh. I'm already sold. It's over, oh, son. It's that over. Is... I uh, I saw oh, that God. gun walking, and I and I was I, I was like, floored, bro. I'm like, I gotta buy this game day <laughs> one. It's day just... one. I'm buying two. Ver- I'm buying two copies of this game day one. It, it just like walks off on its own. It... I I do not know. I does, wish I knew what it does, bro. Does it go over and kick someone in the shin? I have you? no clue, bro. I just <laughs> it's a gun with legs. It walks around and shoots things. So I'm I am super ready for this for Borderlands Three. Like I'm I'm I am. My body is ready. My my heart is ready. Yeah. I'm ready, bro. Yeah. I never played the the prequel with Jack. Like he was an interesting character, but like I don't know, it kind of felt like the prequel was more of a um um I don't know, like a DLC, like a big DLC pack. That's what I felt like it should have been. Um but but yeah, that's like what it, that's what it looks like. I didn't buy I didn't buy that one. I didn't play that. Yeah. I played yeah. one and two. I loved one and two. I hate I hate side games. Yeah. I hate it when they do that. And that's what that's why I haven't finished Kingdom Hearts right now. Um I haven't finished Kingdom Hearts three because I feel like I missed so much. You know what I mean? Like I I love Kingdom Hearts, the first game. I was amazed. By the first, I thought, man, my, I don't know how old I was. I was probably like, what, like 14 or something. My 14 year old mind watched that game unfold. And I was like, this was, this is the greatest storyline ever. Right. I was like, I was super hyped, bro. Um, and when the second one came out, uh, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't really know what's going on. I think I missed a lot. Why is Sora? What's going on with what's going on? Why is Sora taller? Why are they why are they sleeping? What is going on? Who is this Roxas person? Uh, I had no clue, and and I didn't figure it out. Like I played that game all the way through, and I didn't figure it out for like a year, and I went back and realized, oh, like bro, like they just they released some games on like other systems that I didn't own because I was a child and didn't have money. Yep. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, ever since then, I've watched my friends like deep dive into Kingdom Hearts. And I'm just like, nah, man, I'm not playing Chain yeah. of Money. I'm not playing that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying a whatever in Vita or whatever it was. Like, yeah. No, and honestly, um, the um, 
the whole reason I never played it was because I never could really get a hold of like a PlayStation. So it just never happened for me. But I wanted to play the game and I played a little bit of it and it looked amazing, but it was not um yeah. Yeah, I just feel like I missed a lot. Even with the like they got a recap that it's it takes forever to get through by the way. The recap takes forever to get through. Yeah. And it just tells you like all the stuff that you missed. And like still with the recap, I'm just like I'm just like, "Oh, okay. I I'm ready to play this game now." But the things that they mention while you are playing the game were not covered in the recap. Yeah. Like, and it's like super duper specific. <laughs> it's just like, remember when you were in the digital world? Uh, you had a ham and cheese sandwich with at least three pickles on it. And I told you not to put that much mayonnaise on, but you did anyway. And it gave you diarrhea. And I'm just like, bro, this was not covered. This was not covered. <laughs> I mean, they're going to get the 200 bucks out of you for the consoles and the game. <laughs> And I'm not I'm not gonna sit down for like uh as I think I think like just to watch all the FMVs from all the games. Yeah. I think it's like a twenty-four hour event, bro. No, I'm not it, doing that. It should not be like a history lesson or a deep <laughs> effort, like bro, that is legit a college course. I'm not doing it. I mean, like, if you're gonna be like a Borderlands prequel. And it's going to be like just a side story and have nothing to do with the main series. Yeah, put it exclusive on another console. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you're going to be Borderlands 3, you better be on the same consoles. Borderlands 1 and Borderlands 2, unless the console has jumped a full generation. If it's Xbox to Xbox One, fine. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't pull this whole like, oh, we went over to Game Boy Advance. Now we're (laughs) on the the PSP. (laughs) Yeah. I know yes. they don't make games for the PSP anymore, but we did. <laughs> All right, bringing it back. Let's run it back one more time. I was like, they knew that system was dying. I mean, like, no one. Kingdom was... Hearts 1.75, now on the Wii U. Yeah, it was way too expensive to buy a Vita and, like, get games for it. And there wasn't anything good on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was all bad, man. They, um,. They really should have kept those. If they were going to make put main story elements in a new game, mm. they really should have kept it on PlayStation. Yeah. I mean, if anything, like just poured over the, the first game to the new system and let people. They did. I, mean, I still didn't play it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I still didn't play it. But I mean, keep it that way. Don't like extend the storyline because, you know. Well, they, they, they poured it over Chain of Memories, I remember, um, to PS2, and I didn't play that one. Okay. But then they made a bunch of different other games. Um, and I think even one, there was one that didn't even make it to America. And I, st- I didn't play any of those, mm-hmm. like, at all. Well, and there's some developers that are really bad about it. They hit one good game, and then they take this shotgun blast to it and just blow out a bunch of other games that are in the same, you know, universe, and they just completely throw the story around. And you're like, what the yeah. heck is this? Yeah. There's no, no way no one did it like I promise you no one did it like Kingdom Hearts. Even with so 
even the way Final Fantasy is is set up, right? Mm-hmm. So Final Fantasy got they gave us the first Final Fantasy on like NES. The second Final Fantasy was on NES, right? The mm-hmm. then after that they start they or I think after the third one they start throwing them on the SNES. Yes. And then after SNES they were like, you know, nah, forget that. We're gonna take we're gonna take our seventh installment and put it on the PlayStation One, mm-hmm. right? Nobody batted an eye when they did that. No. You know why? Because it's a different system and a different generation. Yeah. And the storyline in seven had nothing to do with six. No, and you know. And Nintendo refused to switch to CDs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the big thing is like they wanted to put out more content more quality on graphics and there was no way it was going to fit in a cartridge i mean how are you going to switch out three cartridges on an snes <laughs> you're right like, you couldn't, you you're couldn't right. chain that crap yeah. <laughs> I mean, the nintendo yeah. 64 would have been or no it would have been yeah the nintendo 64 was next in line yeah how yeah, in yeah. the heck would you have had a story that epic and that graphically driven well, the and it's crazy too because the N sixty four is sixty four bit, and yeah. the, and the PS one is thirty two bit. But if you mm-hmm. look at the size of the games for PS one, the average size is like two hundred megabytes, right, or like three hundred somewhere around there, like between two hundred and seven hundred megabytes. That's your average uh, PS one game. But when you look at the average size for like what was on an N sixty four cartridge. Bro, it was so small. It's like I think I pull, I think I pulled Quest sixty four. It was like thirty two megabytes. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Like they they just didn't care, bro. No, well, you know, then there wasn't even a whole lot of games that really utilized the double double memory size block. I mean, there just really wasn't that advanced of graphics design back then to really just make use of it. And so the N sixty four. 64 bit like they had this they made it 64 bit but they they used it to i don't know man they i don't think they use it to its fullest potential Mm-mm. even though there was some bops on nintendo 64 some bops <laughs> that bops the you know like some real when i say bop a bop is like you know like a really good song okay um but it's like that like that what i'm the way i'm using it it's it's like just a really good game like they had some real, they had some bangers, bro. Um, like Star Fox sixty four, yes. Mario sixty four. Yes. But that's that's due to the creativity of the the game developers themselves who came out with these innovative game mechanics. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That was the first time I had ever gotten Star Fox sixty four. Was the first time I ever got to do a barrel roll. Yeah, and like not crash into a mountain. <laughs> Star Fox sixty four was the first time I got to like do a somersault, like a backwards somersault, and be, you know, end up behind an enemy. Uh, mm-hmm. Air brakes. That was the first time I'd ever seen that. Yeah. Um, and oh, like, just yeah, I mean, a Mario- really quality three dimensional game. Like yeah, they that. they used it well, bro. I mean, if you played SNES Star Fox, oh my god! I mean. It, it was a it was a decent game, but my gosh, it was not six. You know, Star Fox sixty four. Yeah, it, was, it definitely wasn't. No, it, it was hard to play, hard to figure out where you were, and it was so flat. But like 
Star Fox felt 3D for real. Yeah. Felt amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, it they... got me excited about flying. Up until then, flying games were too painful. Yeah, they were all like trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back then. Uh, I think the only I think the the only flying games I had played before Star Fox sixty four were like the NES Top Gun, um, and like some of the some of the helicopter games they had on on Super Nintendo. Yeah, those weren't the Top Gun was, and the Top Gun did all right because I liked the kind of play style of like flying a fighter jet and like queuing up like weapon systems and stuff um, but they definitely got better whenever they went over to PlayStation actually Oh, you saying PlayStation had better fight uh flight flight games? Yeah, well when they did um what was it Ace Ace Pilot um, I didn't get to play that. I that wasn't my that wasn't my jam. Man. I didn't like a, I didn't want like a flight sim. Like I didn't want a straight up flight sim. Those were too. Well, that was a little was, too much for me. There was an Ace Combat. When I played it, it it was everything I wanted in a flight sim because you would buy new aircraft as you completed missions. You would get money and you could use that to buy new aircraft and new weapons. And you would outfit that aircraft with what you wanted to fight with. And then you would, you know, kind of fly your missions and pick your targets. And it was a yeah. really good freeform game. Okay. I might, I might go check it out, man. Checking out these old games. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Checking out these old games. I might, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go look for Terror from the Deep and see if I can find that game. Spectacular. You, you sold that game to me, actually. Oh my gosh! And, I think it, you have. It's on Steam, and um, every once in a while, and I forget which day it is, um, mm-hmm. they have some. I don't know if it's like the anniversary of XCOM or what, but they have um, a sale on it where it's like ninety nine cents. It's just five bucks right now, but the music for it, oh my gosh, so terrifying. It was all just like very hard and fast, like bass chords. Okay. And it, it it would just ramp up your heart rate. Like there was no way you could play that game and not just like be like, okay, I need to breathe deep because <laughs> I can tell, I can tell my blood pressure is rising. But yeah, I uh, I don't know if hopefully, hopefully. It doesn't. It doesn't scare me. I mean, I don't think it will. I haven't been afraid for. I mean, I haven't had a game scare me since. Well, I, I mean, since Dead Space. To be it, to be perfectly honest, it won't scare you. It will make you jump because it keys you up, and then you walk a guy out, and they get shot down, and there's like, there's no like forewarning or anything. Like they just blast you and you're just like whoa crap that just happened <laughs> and then you're like all right reloading <laughs> yeah yeah i i mean i'll play i'll grab i'll 
I'll see what I can do about grabbing that. Anything else, man? You thought you've uh, you've played that uh, changed the way you think about games? Who? Um, you know, that's a tough question. There. Um, well, you know, I got on late on the uh, the whole uh, Morrowind, Elder Scrolls games and i uh, i just played skyrim but my gosh when i played skyrim that game made me want to go and find every iteration for that and play it because it was just the story and the graphics and like the freedom in that game was mm-hmm. spectacular the okay so so with the elder scrolls series i started with morrowind Morrowind was amazing, bro. It it uh it opened my mind to open world games. I had I had never thought that games could be like that. Like yeah. I think the first thing I did, and this is pro- I mean it's the first thing I did, which probably isn't um like normal behavior. It's probably like psychotic <laughs> behavior. I, <laughs> I like went to the to the clothing shop, and I like crouched behind the lady at the front desk. I just shot him, shot him in the face or shot him in the head, whatever. Dead. <laughs> this store belongs to me now. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to, and I was like, oh, I, I was thinking that there would be customers coming in and things like that. Like, I just really wanted to own that shop. For <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, oh, I discover open world game. First yeah. thing I do, go in and kill <laughs> an innocent shopkeeper. Yeah, but the but the that wasn't the part that that really got me into that game. Let me tell you what really got me into that game. They had they had these very interesting mechanics where they would uh they let you craft a spell, right? Mm-hmm. You should never listen to me, Bethesda. You should never do that again. Okay? You should never ever do that again. Um because that is basically handing your player the the uh, console commands all right like you're basically giving them all the console commands they need to to cheat the system i my mind was like oh oh so i can just mash a bunch of i can make a bunch of spells mash the nads and they'll just they'll just do whatever i want so i go i think the first thing i did was I gave myself, I made a spell that gave me 100 lock picking, telekinesis up to 25 feet, and invisibility. Okay? <laughs> it lasted for one second. It was hella cheap. I, I, then, um, I then crouched in a corner and just robbed every store I could find. Like, you just, they all had like a chest in a corner, and I would just crouch in that corner, invisible, pick the lock get everything from it so like uh that was that was amazing just being able to make make stuff like that i had a sword that had like lightning fire and um ice on it or lightning or i don't know it was a lot i would just go and like one shot people had a ring with a summons tied to it so whenever i put the ring on it would just summon thing bro that game was making me think of the the other life book i'm reading the the lit rpg because 
because he's got the the spell crafting where he can combine spells and then he enhances stuff because he's broken the rules and he uses it to just make artifacts and make everyone around him just overpowered. Yeah, yeah. I had a man. And then that game, that's the game that introduced me to modding because the modding community in Morrowind was out of its mind. All right. They, they had redone all the meshes. They had redone all the bodies. So now you could like, you know, get fully nude bodies. You could have <laughs> everything was redone in like high definition textures. All the all the hairstyles were redone and like, bro, they it was amazing. It was amazing. And every time they released an Elder Scrolls game after that, I was just like, I want it. Done. I, yeah. did, I need it. I couldn't I couldn't play Oblivion because I was broke at the time, but when Skyrim dropped on 11 11 11 the birthday of my daughter <laughs> I, I was ready i i was so ready to play that game you have no clue uh, I, I don't even know where i was or how i got into skyrim but i think i played it pretty much after a release because it was one of those games that I saw coming and I was like this is spectacular and this is everything I've ever wanted in a game yeah that game so I think uh, the good (laughs) thing about Bethesda is that they embrace the idea that the player can become so powerful as to break the game and that is okay yes Totally and, agree. And I would like them to continue that line of thought. Yeah. Because, because that is why I play Bethesda games. That, that is the epic payoff I look for in every one of their games. Fallout series, my gosh. Yeah. How awesome it got when you capped out your armor, capped out your weapons, and you could just go and one-shot everything. Oh, oh so satisfying. Bro. You can, like... You can just walk into like a gunner stronghold and get <laughs> yeah. shot a hundred times and be fine. Yeah. The, I think in Oblivion, I didn't get to play Oblivion, but I, this is what I remember from other people, uh, like watching other people play. Like you could, from standing position, jump on top of a house at some point. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like you got that strong at jumping that you could, it, it, blow, it boggles the mind that they, they make you feel like Neo in the Matrix at some point. Yeah. Um, well, uh, and no, like uh, Fallout, like it felt like a Terminator movie. Like just the whole, like I pull out this gun, blow a couple people's heads off, pull out this next gun, take a shotgun and knock out a few people. And it's just like, yes. This are you talking about which one are you talking about? Three or four? Fallout three and four both. Four was four was such a great successor to three. Because they kept the core of the game in play, but they added a lot of great mechanics in. A lot of people would disagree with you there, but I don't. I know. The the so I'll tell you this. I played three. And three must not have had a great storyline. I mean, I really enjoyed it at the time, but it must have had a terrible storyline. 
because I'll tell you the truth, bro. I have no clue what happened in that game. I don't remember any of the characters. I don't remember. Talking about Fallout or Fallout New Vegas? Fallout Maybe. 3. Yeah, so Fallout, Fallout 3. 3. Now, Fallout New Vegas was crazy good. I enjoyed it a lot. I remember all the characters. My favorite characters, Boone, the sniper. And uh, I think Cassie was the, was the girl with the shotgun. And those, oh, those were my homies. Ed, Eddie or Edie, the little iRobot. Bro, mm. that, that thing. I mean, like just to have those guys with me, like running around this Mojave de- uh, desert wasteland and just like rocking these bandits left and right. That, that game was way more fun than three. Well, you know what three was? It was very much. Um, I mean, it was very much what reality would be like. You literally were a guy who just crawled out of a where knew no one, and you you start off by going to this giant town megaton that's made in the pit of an unexploded nuke. Mm-hmm. And it's about the places more than the people. And like you get caught up in some things like there's this gangster that wants you to help him out and stuff. But like it's it's more the places you go and just the situations you get caught up in. You didn't have you didn't have like a core storyline, really. I mean, you, you, well, you had a core story. You did, but it was not it was not the driving factor in playing that game. Driving see, factor. That's what. You see, know, but that's going wasteland. But that's what I look for. You know, that's for me as a gamer. A lot of that is what I look for. Yeah. Um, where I need my world to feel like it's alive. I need yeah. the world. I need the world to acknowledge my existence. Well, and that's where where three New Vegas did so well, and yeah. where four did very well. Yeah. Is having that cohesive storyline that drives your character to move forward. I don't know about four having a, a storyline that drove you to move. Yeah, it, it was that <laughs> was compelling. Like it made you feel like you should be doing something. Like it made you feel yeah. like you should be looking for your kid. But be I'm, real, how many people were actually looking for their kid? No one. No. Nobody. One. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, like I was farming. I was, I was looking building. For a fight. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was building civilizations here. Uh, yeah. I think I spent way more time settlement building than actually looking for Sean. Like, yeah, honestly, like I, I tried to take the campaigns up to like as far as they would go, and then I stopped playing them so that I had everything unlocked. I was like, if I move forward past this point, I start changing the game. So we're gonna stick right here. Yeah. But no, I got you know that, and and the great thing they did with four, which was lacking in three in New Vegas. They took off the level cap and said, "You know what? If you want to really yes. achieve God mode in this game, Bro, if you want to make it to level one hundred and eighty-five, <laughs> you can. If you want to cap out every stat and every perk, do it." Yeah, and that they, was what was missing for me in three. Yeah, they they really did it. And well, you know what? Three three feels a lot like um, the beta for four. Yeah. It's like a test run for four. 
Yeah. Well, and they put out DLC, and they knew what people wanted because they had the Brotherhood of Steel DLC that late, yeah. you know, raised the level cap by five or ten. Mm-hmm. And then you had some other DLC that gave it another couple of levels. Like, we know you want to be a higher level and yeah. get more perks and stuff. Yeah. But 4, 4 was like, you know what, we know you're going to play this game until you fully cap out that chart or get sick and tired of it. So here you go. They were like, um, so we we pretty much understand. Like, okay, so I think what they did was th- that didn't start in, in Fallout. That actually started in Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. because um, in Skyrim, there was a level cap. There wasn't really a level cap per se. It was more like a, it was more like a, a soft level cap yeah. where it's like you get to a, you get to a point where actually, I don't even, I don't you, even remember, dude, but I remember that like, you could, like you could only get your skills up to 100 and then you couldn't, you couldn't use that skill tree to level anymore. Right. And then they, and then they took it out. They took that away. They removed that so that you could prestige those skills and continue to use them to level. And so, of course, that that opens it up for me to cheat the system, because as soon as I get the telekinesis skill, best believe I'm going to get to level 80 because you can take like a (laughs) the thing you can do is you can um, hold that you can grab something with telekinesis and then fast travel and you get 100 (laughs) percent. You get 100 in that skill like immediately. Yeah. So, and so like, I just kept, like, you'll see me, you catch me on any good day, uh, on Skyrim, my, the tree that I use, I don't know what that tree is. I think it's like alteration, but it's probably like, like at prestige 20 or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but yeah, like as soon as they took that, well, as soon as they created prestiging and they opened that, that doorway to game the system and yeah. And then, and then you can like, they took, and that effectively takes the soft level cap off. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was like, no, like, yeah, true level cap. It was just whenever you finished your skill ups, you were done. Yeah. And then you had a limited number of tree points based off your overall level. And that limited how good those skills were going to be anyway. Yeah. So. So I mean, so but they they fixed it though, and then they were like, you know what? In Fallout Four, they were like, you know what? Play single player game. These guys do not like level level caps, so let's just not let's just not do it. How about no. we just don't? How about we just don't? Yeah, I mean, like, and it was a good decision. Yeah, it just it it makes me want to go play Fallout Four right now because I just I didn't I didn't fully cap out all my stats, and I've got to. Uh, it's overrated. <laughs> it's overrated. Yeah, it's overrated. I mean, what, I've gotten to like I, level one hundred and I, I think I made it to like level one hundred and ten or something like that. Once uh, I capped out my what assault rifle, or was it just regular rifle? I don't know. Whatever made my rifle skill, well, my sniper rifle and shotgun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Once, that's well, that's the only thing I ever max. Yeah, once once I maxed that, I had like a a very fast semiotic 
rifle and a shotgun. Yeah. And I'd switch between the two, and everything died and shot. Oh no, man! You gotta get the you gotta get the um exploding shotgun. The exploding combat shotgun. Heck yes. Max out your explosion uh, radius. Mm-hmm. And anytime, anytime. Let me tell you that I call that the suicide gun <laughs> because because if you shoot that gun and it hits anything within like twenty feet of you, you die. Yeah. Um, like, and that, and that makes it harder because often what's happening is I'm in a boss fight and I'm mm-hmm. using my exploding shotgun and then my companion walks in front of me yep. and I die immediately. <laughs> <laughs> like a gruesome, gruesome death. Yeah. <laughs> no, like you have to be careful because like yeah you're out in the wasteland and like you see raiders and they're like attacking villagers and you pull out that shotgun and you fire once and suddenly everyone's pissed at you because yeah. you just slaughtered a bunch of innocent people but they don't get mad at you as much for killing the people as they like if you manage to kill the brahmin though oh be ready bro you catching <laughs> you catching you catching all the bullets you catching all the hands it's going mm-hmm. down um so hey i'd be protecting my stake too if it was the end of the world yeah but but yeah man fallout the bethesda games i know listen bethesda we know you get a lot of catch mm-hmm. a lot of flag bro. we know you do all right we love you okay come back to us <laughs> leave the mmos alone okay yes. fallout 76 is not it's that's not it baby you know yeah. what I mean? This ain't it, I, Chief. The the world is not full of MMO players. I don't know lied to you, but that is not the ninety percent market share that you think it is. Yeah. There are the dedicated I don't want to talk to another person and I just want to kill stuff people out there. You're right, you're right. Preach, man. Preach. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, come back to us. Give us a good single-player game with a great story and good narrative, and we will come to you $60 in hand. Mm-hmm. Do you think I would be at home playing video games with people online if I like spending time with people? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that is so true. So true, man. Absolutely true. Yeah. Nah, man. Some of us work, man. Some of us work, and it's hard to get <laughs> together with friends. We only got like some of us only have like four friends or yeah. three friends, and they work too. Yeah. And and to top it all off, some of us are adults now and can only put two or three hours in a night, <laughs> and maybe once or twice a week. And not this whole six hours a night every night. Yeah, let's not even get into it, Anthem. Let's not mm-hmm. even let's not even let's not even get into it. Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not no, gonna lie to you, man. I still like Anthem a lot. <laughs> no, I'm I still like know, Anthem a lot. That's what destroyed Destiny 2 for me. Oh, that's, is that that's like what you just couldn't destroyed well not even that i just couldn't put in the time on it yeah that's what destroyed wow for me i love the world of warcraft series i loved what they did with wow 
WoW was a perfect example of what like an MMO should be where there's so much solo content to it. Yeah. But there's yeah. also the ability to team up with other people. It was superb, but it was just so taxing to do anything in that game. It took forever. There was a lot of prep work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you needed a, you, you really needed a lot of time. So World of Warcraft feel, felt a lot like D&D feels now for me, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of like, if you're playing, a, World of Warcraft is a good single player game if you want to play it by yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just don't want to do dungeons, you don't want to do raiding or anything like that. If you, you don't can care about end level play by, Yeah, you can just run through the PvE stuff. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, but it was a good. I mean, it was a great group game. Um, if you join a guild, if you take the time out to make personal connections, if you had a, if you got a group of friends online, like when I was playing well, my guild, I didn't know any of them personally, but I loved them. They mm-hmm. were, they were family, dude. Um, and I, I really enjoyed playing with them and we oh my goodness i I miss them so much but i i got in with a guild called the incredibles and they were a spectacular guild and they um they were all over arkansas and they would have an incredicon and meet up somewhere in arkansas and throw a huge party and just hang out yeah and it's just yeah. cool because, like, you didn't know anyone there except, like, the person that told you about it and got you in. But, like, you could go meet them all in, in real life and hang out with them. They're all great people. See, that's a good way to keep a guild together. Mm-hmm. The, problem with, the problem with guilds and MMOs is that eventually they crumble. They fall apart. Yeah. Um, and that's what happened to mine. I went, mm-hmm. I went away for annual training for like two weeks. When I came back, I didn't have a guild anymore. Yeah. It well, like I mean, split in half. And like, if back. you were the linchpin player in that guild, like, you know, if you're the peacemaker and you step away, then yeah. I mean, that, that I don't know if that's what happened. I don't see myself as like, a linchpin in anything ever so <laughs> but when like yeah i did i stepped away for two weeks and it, when i came back they had they had gone separate ways and that hurt man i i hated that and then right after that um so right after that blizzard started to undermine themselves mm-hmm. with, the, with the social element right they yeah. added these sort of cues where you could queue up for a dungeon and you didn't need a guild to queue up for a dungeon. It would just match you with other players. That made it more convenient for single players. But it, it also, like, at that point, you're just like, what do I need a guild for? Yeah. You still need a guild for raiding. So then, so then that was cool. So then now I, have the, now I can queue up for dungeons, get my dungeons done, and I can still have my guild for raiding. Right? Yep. Then they added the same system for raiding. Yeah. And there was no need for guilds after that. And, you know, honestly, there's, there still was. Because, you know, a, a queued up raid 
was never gonna succeed like a guild raid was trash yeah i mean like you had to talk with each other you had to have assigned positioning you had to have strategy and that still exists in the game last i played um and it was spectacular the way they did it because it was not a button mash at all it was like a everyone had to move everyone had to be paying attention you couldn't have one person screw up or else everyone died and you would be pissed at that one person who forgot to move or had stepped away from their computer. So, I mean, it it was still necessary if you wanted to succeed. But yeah, you could hop in and, like, you know, it should have, I don't know, they should have, like, levied it a little better with maybe, like, you know, the ability for people to meet up with guilds for guilds to say i'm looking for new people to do this raid and them to set up the queue yeah but it um uh who knows i i've been away so long i don't know what the current um man i have no clue i have no clue (laughs) and i don't want a clue i don't know Dude, I I legit miss it. I miss it so much. I used to, every, the, but then you run into the other problem with MMOs, right? Rebalancing. Everything mm-hmm. is constantly changing. Everything is always being rebalanced. And so when you come back to the game and you load up the character, your level eighty five whatever, your level ninety whatever, the get the character that you put in hundreds of hours on to learn. The, the time, like you, you've read articles, you've yeah. you've, you've studied rotations, you've you've done simulations. Yes. I did simulations yeah. for, my, for my shaman, my ele- my uh, enhancement shaman. I did I did actual simulate simulations yeah. with with program like these ad hoc sketchy programs that people would write. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then the sunset. And, and then I come and then I come back after like two or three years and none of the things I learned are relevant anymore. Mm-mm. And I have to put in another 100 hours to kind of figure out what's going on again. And I just don't have that time anymore. Yeah, it's like they would patch out what they saw as um, weak links where there were exploitable abilities that you could chain to be almost superpowered. Oh, you mean fun? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they were still skill level, and you still had to bounce them through in the right order at the right time. But, like, you know, they're like, well, yeah, I don't know. Some kind of powerful. So Sun is now set on that class, and they are trash. Not, not oh, we're going to tone it back. No, like we're gonna negate it completely. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> mean, so then, you know, you might as well just re-roll at that point. Yeah, enhancement shaman wasn't even like an easy class to play. It's not like it was easily exploitable. Enhancement shaman had probably one of the most complicated rotations in the game at the time. I had an eleven-button combination. I mean, rotation. Right, I had an eleven-button <laughs> rotation, bro. I, I. I'm surprised that I can still move my fingers with all of the button press. Like that, I should so have nothing stiff. but a lump of carpal tunnel for for a left hand right, um, because of all of the button pressing that I had to do as an enhancement shaman. 
and and like it was it was great but i enjoyed it so much and wow allowed you to use mod and so i would i had a mod that would help me track the um cooldowns of my abilities and stuff like that oh, man yeah. yeah oh and also the bejeweled mod because well, everyone should have the bejeweled mod <laughs> Nah, I, I never played with the bejeweled mod. Oh no! See, that's oh, you messed up. See, you fucked up. Okay, <laughs> that's why I quit, right? <laughs> yeah, you fucked up. That yeah. mod was amazing, bro. It was um, so it was, it was just bejeweled. Whenever you jumped on one of those the griffins to go from one place to the other, it would open up automatic, <laughs> allow you to allow you to play right then and there. And if oh, you just see were, it. I would Go have ahead. wanted the Minesweeper mod. They might have had one. They might have had one actually <laughs> in real life. They I remember I remember that there's always a wind up to go on a raid if you have a guild, right? First of all, they gotta tell you what time they're gonna go. So if they mm -hmm. if they're gonna start at nine, right? Everybody starts getting ready at like eight. Everybody's getting potions, everybody's getting in, their enchantments in order, gear, last minute gear uh exchanges, mm -hmm. things like that. And then it takes after when nine hits it takes another 30 minutes to get everybody in place get everything ready get everybody buffed up go over the plans and things like that throw out your feast drink your yeah, potions absolutely bro it was it, <laughs> Keep man, your armors <laughs> nothing felt more like um pre-combat mission than like sitting there listening to your guild leader like okay for you guys that have never been in this fight uh so what he's gonna do is he's gonna throw out these two slimes and they're gonna chase whoever has aggro uh, so we're gonna have that person run around the run around the room counterclockwise and we're gonna have our second our off tank our off tank is gonna take the uh the, the main boss at the same time we're gonna make sure that our healers are always cleansing uh just cleanse everyone and then anyone that gets a, a blob on them, we want them to go ahead and run to the off tank and he's going to pick those up off you. And like, bro, and like. <laughs> I was like, hunters and warlocks, y'all are going to be in this back. When I say move, you're going to move behind this statue and stand still and stack. <laughs> We're going to make sure that uh, we turn off all of our AOE things because you don't want to AOE these blobs. Okay, we want them to go ahead and. Uh, get as far out as we can get them because we don't want them to attack the main tank because uh, that would wipe this that would wipe the uh the group and so and like don't effing kill the last one <laughs> and it was just man just listen like i just gave myself chills listen like listening to myself right now <laughs> yeah, just like flashbacks of like <laughs> yeah like uh, <laughs> i'm having like all the nostalgia bro um yeah. and i i just missed i miss it man uh, you, get, you get out there and you and then you fight the fights and you and some oh man it was so good yeah no like i i remember doing a few of those few big just guild raids where everyone was on point and everyone was paying attention and wanting to succeed and they'd all been through it at least once so we were all moving in tandem trying to do um everything correctly and it just it felt great i didn't like that as much let me tell you what i liked i like going <laughs> up against the fan <laughs> i liked going up against a new boss right nobody knew what was going on okay but we had seen the youtube all right 
We had studied up on the fight on YouTube. We, uh, Gil Leader, Gil Leader is out front and he's trying his best to relay this information that he just absorbed three minutes ago. Right. And, uh, and we get into this fight and we wipe immediately. Mm-hmm. All right. We get into the fight again, wipe immediately. Third time, mm-hmm. we make a little headway, wipe at the halfway. Right. <laughs> right at the change. Yeah. Oh, man. The, the berserk, the, when he when he moves up or whatever, when he when he's like, oh, this isn't even my final form, and then like, <laughs> just, just the first change, and you're just like, immediately oh, pops a cap in your healer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's like you know he does the first, you know, you know whoever it was does like a giant AOE strike, and yeah. everyone wipes, and you're like, uh, <laughs> this is our wall right here. We're not getting past this wall. Yeah, and then like, and you and like, you can feel the morale drop. Like, you're not feeling very good. People are starting to get grumpy, you know. And then, and then somebody says, "Hey guys, one more time. Let's get out there one more time. Let's do it again. Let's run it back. We can do it." And then you get out there, and it's like it's it's like you're in Remember the Titans. It's like you're in uh, the Little Giants. You feel like you are the mighty ducks and it's the fourth quarter and you're down by a hundred points. Okay. And all you need is one goal, one goal, baby. That's all we need. And like, it comes down to the wire and you finally down that the rush of endorphins hits you like a fucking brick wall like a, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a, like a ton of bricks um and and man the like the just sheer unadulterated joy at yeah. downing a boss after so many failed attempts at three o'clock in the morning yeah. you like <laughs> and and you and then you immediately put down your wild cherry pepsi and like scream into your mic and people are like super happy, and man, that was that was the best feeling. <laughs> and then you walk into the next <laughs> boss and wipe immediately, <laughs> and everyone's like, "I'm going to bed." <laughs> yeah, man, that's it for me, man. Hey, yeah, there. When you get that, you get that one boss down. There's always that one guy that's like, "We can try the next. Let's just look at. Let's just try let's the next. Let's just see guy. what's in this room." <laughs> And you and you check your equipment. Everything's yellow. You're like, yeah. I can go one more time. Yeah, like <laughs> it's still go good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We good. <laughs> I can go one more. I haven't lost all my bonuses yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like that. As soon as you wipe the next time, you you break everything, mm-hmm. and you have to pay like like 200 gold to get it all back. Yeah, yeah. It was all bad, <laughs> but yeah. man, it was so worth it, bro. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll I'd never trade that time. No, I, yeah, I remember just, I remember some good raids. They were, they were fun. They were spectacular. Taking down, um, oh, uh, the Wrath of the Lich King final boss. Now, of course, we couldn't do it during actual Wrath of the Lich King. We came back after, like, Pandaria or something and super leveled, but we did it with five people. And man, Ooh. it was tough to do with five people. It's understandable why it's like a, you know, full on raid, but like, 
taking him down was fun. And then we were doing, um, oh, I forget which one was the one I was raiding, but we had a big guild, uh, and it was the big, um, big castle that we're raiding. I um, think. Wait, to, which wait, which which expansion was this? Oh, I don't know. Um, it, I think it was before Mist of Pandaria. So, like Lich King? Not Lich King. I don't, I, I don't think I played the. I don't think I played the expansion before Pandaria. Actually, yeah, it's um, it was some big castle, and I remember we just um, I think it was um, Cataclysm, maybe. Yeah, that's the one I skipped. Yeah. I skipped that one. I skipped. I haven't played um, whatever came after Pandera. I definitely didn't play that. <laughs> so I haven't gone back since Pandera. Yeah, I don't know what order they were in. I think Pandera. Was Cataclysm after Pandera? Man, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> How do you... Were, how many Excellent extensions rates, do I yeah. have? Like 5,000 expansions? Hold on, let me look. Wow, expansions. Six. Really? It's only that few? Yeah, you know. Um, There's, okay, here's Burning Legion. Yeah. Man. Hold on. The Burning yeah. Crusade, then there was Wrath of the Lich King, then after that was, I want to say Cataclysm, then Mr. Pandera, then Legion, then Orders of Destruction. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot. I'm trying to look for the list. Uh, it's just... And that was yeah. another thing is like, you know, I, I felt WoW was kind of... Blizzard was double dipping on WoW. They... um. They ran a paid subscription, and then they had expansions every year. You had to pay full game prices for. Yeah, it's just like this hurts a little bit. I, yeah. I'd love to keep playing this game, but if you're gonna make me rebuy it every year, every right, and I'm year, already paying a subscription for it. Yeah, like you're squeezing me for two hundred plus a year. Yeah, it's just too much. So, plus, that's, you know, that, that's why that that model can't that that model can't succeed anymore. I think yeah. uh, I think World of Warcraft is actually dying. Well, a lot of games have switched to a new model, which is buy the base game, and then we're gonna throw in some you know paid content or like you know loot boxes or whatever to keep it alive. So you know, like Fortnite, you get your battle pass and you get your loot crates. Yet Destiny 2, you pay for the base game, and then you can purchase whatever bright. So, I mean, they, they don't yeah. release anything in that you could win in-game, so you don't feel like you have to pay to play. Yeah. But, you know, they still keep, you know, their funds coming through. So I don't mind that. I like that. Because that's like, a, well, if I want my character to have, like, some alligator skin gun that no one's gonna see because i'm always running around all the time 
<laughs> but you know, it's cool in the preview. Then, like, sure, yeah, pay ten dollars to support the game for it. I'm not gonna do it. But you do that. Oh man, Someone what are we looking it. like on time, bro? I think we're I, we're good on time. I'm I should be able to piece an hour out of this, bro. Yeah, it's it's in that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um. This 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 feels like a good a good place to stop here. Yeah, WoW definitely was a big game changer. Yeah, mm. lots of story built wow, on was... on three amazing. spectacular RTS games that people yeah. don't ever talk about anymore. I'm not I even wish... gonna lie to you. I'm not even gonna lie to you when I say that if they took the storyline of World of Warcraft and then re-released it in RTS form, I'd buy it again. You know, if they would release a Warcraft 4, I would buy it in a heartbeat. Yeah, if they did Warcraft 4, and it was just the lore from Warcraft 3, I mean, uh, World of Warcraft, I would mm. still buy it. Like, I would I still buy it. I am so disappointed that Warcraft 3 was such a flop. I, was it? Well, I don't know. I it, I think it came at a, a turn where it just got swept under the rug. Because that was a spectacular a, game. Warcraft Three is a huge game for me. Yeah, it's a it's a huge game for me. Like even better, like even more than Starcraft for me. Yeah. So, so I don't really know. I I'm I'm super biased. Well, it was it was very story rich. And everything I wanted to play in in a Warcraft game. Yeah. But they never I mean like when when did they release Warcraft three? I mean that was forever ago. I when don't was know, four. Dude. It was released two thousand and two. Oh, so like right before World of Warcraft. Yeah, and that's why I think it got rushed under the rug. It was a spectacular game, but you know, a couple of years later world of warcraft comes out and everyone plays that like, and, and nobody never, plays anymore yeah yeah they never did a, a warcraft 4 and it was i mean i was dying for another rts yeah i'm just glad they actually came back and did starcraft 2 which gives hope for warcraft 4 at some point because they left starcraft 1 alone for a long time before they did StarCraft 2. Yeah. So I'm hoping, like, they'll come back with the Warcraft 4. Yeah. Oh, and, they, and like, a, oh, wait, they did a, they did a Warcraft remake. And so they remastered Warcraft 3. So, and that's on, the, that's on Battle.net right now. Like, you can buy it right now. Yeah. So they did put the effort into updating Warcraft 3. So you might. You might. I'm not making any promises. And also, Blizzard probably is bankrupt at this point, <laughs> for all I know. <laughs> um, but we might see a Warcraft 4. Yeah. I, I hope one day that it does come, because the story was spectacular for it. And I loved the fantasy world. I love StarCraft 2 and that sci-fi world, but that Warcraft fantasy lore, oh my goodness. It was real good. And when they released the expansion for it, talk about expansions. Frozen Throne for Warcraft 3 
Yes. Spectacular story. Yes. Well, actually, I never even played through Frozen Throne. Oh my gosh, you're missing. I have That's... it. I actually, I have it. Wrath... I have, but I've never, fi- but I never finished the campaign for Warcraft Three. Frozen Throne. And so, is like, Wrath of the Lich King. Oh, really? Yeah, it is spectacular. That's, and I, it's weird the timing of it, and maybe, and maybe, um. Warcraft, World of Warcraft used its first couple of expansions to kind of touch on because I don't know. Ah, no. But like Wrath of the Lich King definitely aligns with Frozen Throne and Burning Crusade kind of aligns with Warcraft 3. But Arthas and the story of how he became a Lich King, all Frozen Throne. Oh. And it is spectacular. Like you play as Arthas, and you start walking down this path, and it just gets worse and worse. It's like you know, you're you're <laughs> you're going to hell, and there's a lot of good intentions, and he does a lot of shady crap just to save people's lives. But by the end of it, he's just full on like killing people and, and yeah. raising undead. And it is spectacular the dive he takes and the story of how he falls. Oh, you've got to play it. If you've got it, you I've must got it. play it. Yeah. I'm gonna go through I'm gonna go through and uh and jam on that. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely go through and jam on that. By far one of their best stories. I believe it. They do real good with stories, man. That's why I, w- I wish they would come out with something for Overwatch. Mm. Yeah. Well, they do like shorts and stuff, so they yeah, they do shorts, and that's why and that's why I want them to come out with a full blown story for it. It's yeah, it they, would be yeah. great to have a Borderlands esque style Overwatch game. Yeah, I would buy that. I like. I buy. Yeah. Absolutely. That would be cool. <laughs> Instead of an arena mode, just killing people with those powerful people. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'll cut it off for tonight. I think we got it. Well, cool. Have a good night and watch. And thanks for um, checking out the live podcast. I'm going to try and get this stuff posted up. Um, and I'm going to try and get it under our new podcast name nerd light archive so uh tune in next week i'll um i'll be sending out tweets on the feed so um give them your twitter yeah i got the twitter handle and you need to um no man give them your like spell it out for because people that are listening if oh. you want them to go to your Twitter, you're gonna have to like say it all, say it out. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. My current Twitter is Lord Lucara, L O R D L U C A R R A. Um, Royama, we are going to have to set you up with a Twitter. Actually, we should probably just. Set I got up. a Twitter, but I don't tweet like ever. Yeah. Well, I'm trying so. to get better because of this, but we could set up a nerd light archive twitter account and just we could both tweet on it yeah that would probably be better um 
so we can throw that out there down the road. I'll try and get a hold of um, setting that up. Yeah, absolutely. You can follow us on something actually named after the podcast, so it'll be a little easier to find and identify. Um, for now, just follow me at Lord Lucara, and I'll post updates about when we're going to cast next. Um, and I'll post updates when we finally get our, our site and when I've put edited um, audio files on there so that y'all can listen to good, cleaned-up um, conversations. Um, so I appreciate it, and everyone have a good night. Yeah, man, have a week.